Hey guys, it's Ryan. Um, congratulations. You've each won the chance to record an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. What horror movie are you guys watching on your episode and why? Thanks. Keep up the good work with the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. I actually really cool question as much as I am a wise ass when I watch movies I try not to be because it's annoying for my wife to have to listen to that um it, I would not be opposed to such a scenario I've been a massive mystery science theater fan since I was little since it started in Minnesota so it was like this local cool local thing um so I was trying to think of movies that either maybe haven't already been covered or really it's the ones that are unnecessary, like unintentionally comedic. So the two I was thinking of would be, maybe this isn't, it's not even unintentional maximum overdrive. (laughs) I feel like maximum overdrive. It's just almost constant. There's something in like every scene where it's almost like you don't even need commentary as much as it's like, what, why is that happening right now? Um, and then the other one, which I'm sure you two would know if, if it is a comedy, I am a hundred percent certain it's a comedy, the happening. I just, <laughs> I feel like so it funny. is. Yeah. Especially really? after seeing old, yeah. like when you see old, you're like, yeah, he's, he's got a sense of humor. Okay. I thought he was trying to be serious. Well, that's the thing. I think it's the long game. I re- I still remember going to the happening in the theater and it was either the day before or sitting in the theater, like telling my wife uh, or at the time girlfriend, uh, maybe fiance, whenever we saw this, uh, that I was like, what if, what if M night's next twist is that there isn't a twist. And then we watched the happening. It's like, Oh yeah, there's no twist. But what if there is a twist? What if the twist is that he made everybody think that he was serious? <laughs> See, and that it's really a comedy. I don't think that that was the twist. I mean, I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I just feel like poor M. Night Shyamalan has this stigma after, um, after like the sixth sense that six every sense. movie of his has a twist, but it doesn't. Most of them don't have twists. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. He got he very much got pigeonholed into that concept. Yeah, even. Even Unbreakable, I wouldn't call it like a major twist. No, it, it's like it's a, a reveal. reveal. Yeah, the same with uh, the same with the village. I wouldn't call it. Well, I guess it's a twist. That one's kind of, but like old is There's definitely a not and a, twist. a twist. No, uh, so he very much because he led so strongly with the sixth sense. Yeah, that everything's like oh, there's a twist or something, and then the happening happened, and Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> performance, and the unnecessary amount of time that's dedicated to hot dogs <laughs> uh, outrunning the wind like i feel like yeah that that'd be good mystery science theater fodder for me personally uh what do you think megan i went with um movies that are very much my brand but very much in the realm of mystery science theater like these are the type of movies you would absolutely see on that show um so i went with project metal beast uh project metal beast i've never heard of that yeah, before this is a 1995 uh werewolf movie where kane hodder is a werewolf but it's bad cg and he's like a metal porcupine looking werewolf 
um it's it's <laughs> pure amazing. yeah it, it's pure hokey perfect for this type of thing and uh keeping with the werewolf theme that's so very mystery science theater i went with monster dog oh monster dog that's the really cheesy 80s one with alice cooper who is a rock star slash werewolf oh that's <laughs> yeah those work totally it's totally I mean, I, I, and i i love kane hotter uh but i think a lot of his filmography could potentially fall in the mystery science theater category no i needed what was it what was it called again project metal beast Project Metal Beast. I'm going to have to look out for that one. <laughs> How about you, Zena? Honestly, I would do anything, okay? Because I just like to talk. <laughs> and I was thinking about it, like, of course, you know, I could, if I could pick, like, some favorites, you know, of mine, that would be great. Like, Death by Temptation. I'm obsessed with that movie. Or even see, Spellcaster. You don't want to do Death by Temptation for Mystery Science because it's, it's, like, playfully poking fun. And you genuinely... But that's, yeah, that's, that's such just commentary. Oh, okay. But that's what I mean. Like, I... I feel like as much as I love the movie, there are some stuff that's just like, like, what? Uh, you know, like, we're, yeah, we're not yeah. gonna, you know what I mean? I know the movie isn't perfect, but there are just things that's just it's like, a, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. And then even with the movie Spellcaster, how oh, it yeah, starts, that it's just a music sure. video. <laughs> you know, or even, um, because I recently rewatched It Follows, oh my God. Like, I really <laughs> love the, I love the movie, but there's just so much that it's just kind of like, Okay, the main character, Jay, she's kind of terrible. Like, we haven't, <laughs> people don't really talk about that, though. She's selfish, and, you know, I get, like, a demon's after you, but, girl, we all have problems. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so what you're but saying is short. we need to start a show that's, like, Mystery Horror Theater 4000. We Boom. should. I think it would be fun. Like Kickstarter. Just, we're not saying the movie's terrible, but there's just certain things that's just like, why not? Yeah. 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 I love it. Speaking of things that aren't perfect, but you love them anyway, welcome to the Bloody <laughs> Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things you love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? There's been a lot of things that has been filling my heart this week. I've been watching a lot of stuff. My eyeballs are on fire. So... <laughs> Uh, you the need first a nap. thing, Rest I the do. Eyeballs. I, I really, I really do need a nap. Um, I'm trying to, you know, not have any soda. I should have had one. Oh my god. Okay, oh. so I checked out the movie Incantation uh, 2022 on Netflix just a couple of hours ago, and um, yeah, that movie kind of left me very much uncomfortable. It is a very disturbing movie. So six years ago, well. It pretty much follows this woman named Lee Ronan, and she's struggling to protect her daughter Dodo um, from like this ancient curse. You know, she didn't believe it and stuff like that. And uh, things just get dark very quickly. And as the viewer, you're you're rooting for this mother and, and her daughter, and you you see how she's trying to protect her, but. Um, we just see some stuff as viewers. And I am trying to sound, well, I'm, I'm leaving obviously out a lot of stuff because this movie just came out mm. when we're recording like today. So but even by the time this episode comes out, it's still going to be very new. But something I thought was really cool is it is 
kind of it's like a found footage movie so i think that you might enjoy it john and if you ever had a question where it's just kind of like you know when you're watching a found footage and it's just like well wait a minute why would they be holding the camera when this is happening or blah 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 blah, right with this one without going into too much detail the way they filmed it it makes a lot of sense like Hmm. it kind of felt real kind of like a mockumentary type of thing and then they kind of have i don't want to say that it's like an interactive um part but because you're rooting so much for this mother daughter you don't want anything bad to happen to them it's just like i don't know you you might want to be a part of it so i know that sounds like very like spotty but i just recommend just checking it out at least once again it left me feeling a little uncomfortable a little eerie it just felt like death honestly so um, I'm, it may take me some time to rewatch it, but I know for sure I'm going to rewatch it because I did enjoy it. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Netflix. Um, okay, Netflix. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, but technically it's not a Netflix original because I, I heard that this one was in, it had like a festival run and then it was just in theaters in um, Taiwan in the spring. And so then it came over to Netflix. Okay. All right. Okay. So the next <laughs> movie I checked out, um, The Unseen from 1980 on Shudder. I haven't, I've, I mean, before my first time of watching, I haven't seen it before, but I did love the um, the poster. So that's kind of what drawn me to it. So uh, basically a television reporter and her two crew, they head to like California to cover this festival. But when they get there, there's some kind of like hotel mix up and all the hotels in town are completely booked. They have nowhere to go. But then there's this weird but nice, you know, museum owner who offers uh, her and her crew to, you know, um, stay at his house. It's just him and his wife. It's huge property. They would leave them alone. And they felt like they didn't have anything else to do. I mean, they could have just went home. That's what I would have did, you know. Or I don't know, sleep in your car. I don't know. Figure it out. Run to the fest. They, there was a lot of things they could have did, but they they didn't. So, but um. Anyway, when they get to the house, everything seems fine, but there is something or someone lurking in the basement. And even though it has like some cheese to this movie, I love that it's very straight to the point. It's it's a thing because we've seen these kind of movies before where it's just kind of like oh, people spend it a night in someone else's house and it's creepy and there might be something or someone there, you know? So I kind of like that approach to it. I think it's one of my favorites. And it's a shame because um, the ending is kind of set up where there could possibly be like some type of sequel. Um, And I I mean, I wasn't around when it was released, but I would think that it would have did pretty well, maybe. So, but yeah, so that's what I checked out. The Unseen on Shutter. It's fun, and the poster is pretty saucy. Can Can I just add that I? I mean, I actually watched this too this week. Um, and speaking of our Mystery Science Theater three thousand question off the top, hmm. I, there's an ideal setup and payoff in this movie that I just lost at laughing, and it has to do with a foreshadowed knee injury at the very beginning Aww. of the movie. <laughs> The way that like gets paid off, just I died laughing. I, that's not intentional on their part, but it still got me in the funny bone. I might have to check out Unseen on Shutter this week. Yes, yeah, spooky houses. Spooky houses. Speaking of spooky houses, uh, Shutter added the Deadly Spawn, the 1983 uh, creature feature. I have it on Blu-ray, but it's like anytime something that's rare 
pops up on streaming for the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to watch that. Um, it's a pretty straightforward story, like a meteorite crash lands near camp, a couple of campers in New Jersey. And then, you know, from it is the deadly spawn and it finds its way into a house with like a bunch of teenagers and a young boy. And they're basically trying to evade and stop these carnivorous, uh, deadly spawn from reproducing it is it is really simple it is really straightforward it's definitely low budget it's like one of those low-fi diy types of horror movies from that era that's just so charming because of it uh and the, the creature effects are really really well done for this being some kind of like you know small scale new jersey production um so yeah th- I, there's really not much to say except i adore it and if you like goofy gory creature features from the early 80s then check this one out you know what's funny i haven't seen the first one but i've watched the second one for some reason really that's yeah i feel like that's not that abnormal i feel like you know you kind of watch as a horror fan especially in the early video store era like you kind of watch things out of order or even in streaming culture yeah like all of a sudden like tubi or some or shutter like picks up part two yeah it's like all right well I'll this is what i got it. that's I'll true watch. yeah so that's not that way but now you can go back and watch the first one because it is now yeah. on shutter um and then i decided to keep the uh 80s horror alive um especially because it's turning like 35 in a couple of days or maybe well it will have turned 35 by the time the episode airs but that is 1987's blood diner um Yay. I have this on Blu-ray, but I did look it up. You can watch this on Roku channel, it looks like. And this one is uh, two brothers. They are entrusted by their uncle to uphold the ritualistic cannibalism of the ancient cult of Shitar. They're trying to resurrect their goddess, and to do so, they're preparing a feast of sacrifice. Now, this was originally conceived as a sequel to Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, and then that got derailed quickly for various reasons, and it got transformed into this wacky cult horror comedy uh, directed by Jackie Kong. Wait, this was supposed to be the sequel to Blood Feast? Oh, yeah, I mean, that that changed during production, but yeah. it was initially <laughs> conceived as, yeah, and you can see you can see it. I mean, the Blood Feast, yeah. all in the name of their goddess. Um, yeah, so you can see the skeleton skeletons like deep in this but (laughs) instead you get a wacky gory horror comedy starring like bill and ted's distant cousins (laughs) and i absolutely love that you shouldn't be rooting for these idiots but you are It's the best kind of movie when you're rooting for idiots. It makes me feel more comfortable in my day-to-day life. To hack up people, stitch them together, cook them up. Yeah, yum. Someone out there could be rooting for me in the same way. I appreciate that. Uh, I was very excited to see a movie that I've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast finally show up on streaming because I haven't seen it show up on streaming for the longest time. And that's 2003's The Order on HBO starring Heath Ledger. A young priest is sent to Rome to investigate the troubling death of the head of his order. I mean, that was just IMDb. Um, This one, I remember watching this. This was the movie that I remember watching, really liking Heath Ledger in. I didn't really necessarily think one way or another of him as an actor prior to this. Like, I'd seen, like, A Knight's Tale (laughs) and stuff like that. And, you know, he was really good in Brokeback Mountain. But then, obviously, The Joker. But 
it's this interesting mix of religion and supernatural and horror. And I, I'm kind of a sucker for like those weird underground cult religious type movies that have some sort of, yeah, conspiracy have some sort of a twist on like black mass or something like that. There's just something I love the potential depth of the lore that you can have Mm -hmm. and you can kind of go as deep as you want. It can be like the, the, the dark kind of antithesis side of the church that exists within this movie. They don't really explain why it even exists Mm -hmm. or how it exists or anything like that. It just kind of exists and that's okay. Like it can, and they can exist to serve this purpose. Um, It goes, it goes far beyond just like, good versus evil, I guess, concepts of right and wrong, absolution versus sin. Like, it's got a lot of layers of religious and Catholicism and, and supernatural and demonology and all these kinds of things. I, I really enjoy it. It's really easy to watch. Plus, it's got Peter Weller in it. I Peter Weller's so easy to watch and stuff. And I listened to an interview of his a while ago on a podcast, and I guess he's really into jazz. Like he has his master's degree in, I think, art history. Yeah. And I think he speaks Italian, too. But he's really into jazz. And I feel like I can see that in his movies. He kind of has this certain almost uh, unusual, like, rhythm to, like, his performance. But he's almost a little hipster beatnik-ish in the way he speaks and, like, his cadence and things like that. But he's just so easy to watch and, you know, from... RoboCop to Dexter and Buckaroo Banzai and everything else. Like, I, I really liked it. I feel like it's one that I rarely ever hear people talk about. So I was really excited to see HBO uh, pick it up. Cool. Thanks. And then I kind of went the exact opposite direction, I guess, with 1994's Brain Scan. On I watched two- that I last night. <laughs> Yay! I'd never seen it before. Same. And the movie that I watched that I was going to talk about. I was like, this isn't really horror. And here's brain scan. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, yeah, I got to watch this today. <laughs> a lonely teenage horror movie fan discovers a mysterious computer game that uses hypnosis to custom tailor a game into the most terrifying experience imaginable. There's actually a lot more of the synopsis. I just stopped there. Cause sometimes I do the long synopsis and it just goes on forever. <laughs> uh, so Edward Furlong starring in a very, very early 90s horror movie uh with some questionable cgi that's the norm yeah (laughs) it's totally norm there's nothing wrong with it at all uh there's something there's something that always gets me about early 90s video games being a trope within a movie when you had to put the cd-rom into a special case before putting it into the cd-rom so it could be read and you needed multiple just to play a game um which it's kind of funny that that's the trope of this because it's not it doesn't really exist within the movie like there isn't really a game necessarily where if you watch this you understand if you don't you have to go watch brain scan on tubi but it's such a funny mix of edward furlong is a voyeur who probably could be arrested for sexual crimes at the beginning of the movie <laughs> and he's our protagonist yeah. like all right i guess you know because she was the girl across the street's kind of coy about undressing with her window open so set up your video camera that's that's normal right <laughs> Um, 
but it's just it's cheesy like the creature effect for the trickster the main antagonist of it like it's good makeup it's good design it totally feels um nightbreed mm. to me uh it's it's cheesy and campy and there's some gore definitely i wouldn't consider it necessarily over the top um it's just kind of a fun movie to watch it for all the weird reasons it's totally a mystery science theater movie too it's like you can watch and just be like this is ridiculous and i want to watch this again (laughs) you know and it's like i I feel like edward furlong like people always talk about like his different roles and they'll tend to like stick to like terminator but i think that this was like for me like one of my favorite roles of his because it just seemed that they had fun filming it seems a little cheesy but he shows decent range like as i mean yeah, I believe Edward Furlong is a morose teenager, as that is mostly how I have seen him in both news clippings and movies. But yeah, like he's he's watchable. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, I, I don't blame the dialogue in the movie on the actors. They do, you know, they do the best with what they can. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and like I said, all the things. And I would totally watch it again. And I probably will watch it again. All right, before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I checked out Incantation on Netflix and The Unseen on Shudder. I watched The Deadly Spawn on Shudder, Blood Diner on Blu-ray, but it does look like it's available on Roku. And I watched The Order on HBO and Brain Scan on Tubi. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan brings up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Things and stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If uh, you're sad about the Stranger Things season four already being out and you've watched it all, there's, you know, aside from season five still in the way there's lots of other stuff by the duffer brothers uh matt and ross duffer the creators of stranger things are launching a new label with netflix titled upside down pictures and they've got a (laughs) lot of hot projects on the menu already upside down pictures is planning a new live action series adaptation of death note the japanese manga and anime series originally written by tsugumi oba and illustrated by takeshi obata um They've got another original series in the works from creators Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews, who did Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I'm still sad that that is just one season. Um, Then we've got a series adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel, The Talisman, which the Duffers will craft alongside Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment and Paramount Television. It's created by Stranger Things co-EP and writer Curtis Gwynn. The Talisman tells the story of a young man who moves between New Hampshire and an alternate world called The Territories to obtain an artifact that will save his mother's life. While The Talisman shares otherworldly qualities with Stranger Things, it's much more fantasy. It has sci-fi. It has horror elements. It has a lot of heart. It has everything we love and it's got the best werewolf character i think ever said duffers um they're also planning a stranger things live action spin-off series so if you are sad that it's 
coming to a close, it's kind of not because, hey, live action. And then if you want something else completely different um, besides television, they're also working on a new stage play set within the world of mythology of Stranger Things. A stage play? A stage play. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little surprised to hear that they're going to redo Death Note. I That did... That's a weird choice for Netflix to redo something that, if I remember right, didn't land well I, with the last time they tried it. I honestly have no familiarity with the anime or the movie, but I imagine the fan base is still there for them to be like, well, let's do a different yeah. take. Yeah. Well, it, I know part of it was the whitewashing aspect of what was going on, but I think it was also because it, I watched the movie and I think part of it was they just... They missed the mark tonally Maybe. for what, when you try and condense a series mm-hmm. into 90 minutes or two hours or whatever, you miss so much characterization and world building, especially in anime and manga fan considerations. Like there's so much added like depths of emotion and, 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 um, conflict within the characters. So hopefully, did you say that they were going to do a series out of it or they're just rebooting it? Series. That makes okay, sense. So that. So better better luck in that regard, but interesting considering the last one yeah. didn't. I think that's what happened with the with the movie. It was Adam Wingert that. Uh, yep. That, yeah, I I don't really rem- I remember watching it. I don't really remember it though. But um, I watched the the anime. It, it mm. is pretty heavy. There's a lot yeah. to cover. So I think it's cool. I think it will be better for it to be a series than a movie. Cool. Yeah. Well. We will eventually get to see that. Maybe I'll catch up on the movie to be like, what's what? I don't know what the fuss is, but we'll see. Um, And then A is back in HBO Max's upcoming Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. Only this time, A is a creepy mass killer out for blood. Uh, If the new trailer that just dropped this week is any indication. This is um, from Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who is behind Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and Lindsay Calhoun Bring, who is also behind Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They had co-executive produced and wrote the new series, and they appear, they had, uh, initially when this kind of reboot was announced, they had uh, promised a more horror-forward reboot, and this trailer definitely makes it seem like they're living up to that promise. The official plot synopsis is 20 years ago, a tragic series, uh, a, a series of tragic events almost ripped the blue-collar town of Millwood apart. Now in present day, a disparate group of teen girls, a brand new set of little liars, find themselves tormented by an unknown assailant and made to, play, uh, made to pay for the secret sin committed by their parents two decades ago, as well as their own. In the dark coming-of-age horror-tinged drama Original Sin, we find ourselves miles away from Rosewood, but within the existing Pretty Little Liars universe in a brand new town with a new generation of little liars. It's going to feature um, a whole new cast, and that includes Strangers Pray at Night's Bailey Madison, who in the trailer is playing a pregnant teen. That's very interesting for this slasher scenario. And uh, yeah, it's going to premiere its 10-episode season on July 28th with three episodes. Then two episodes will follow on August 4th and 11th. And then a three-episode finale kind of series run on um, August 18th. And I brought this up because I don't know, you know, this Pretty Little Liars doesn't necessarily scream horror. But I know Xena's familiar with it. I think mm-hmm. you did watch the original series, right? I did. It's not that far off. I know that people are like, well, it doesn't make any sense. No, there was some <laughs> crazy stuff. Oh, I said, what? That doesn't make any sense. So, but no, it's funny. <laughs> that person needs to shut up. That's what. <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> no, but honestly, 
honestly, there was some crazy stuff that used to happen to them. And like, I'm surprised that, okay, spoiler, with the original Pretty Little Liars, the girl wasn't even, like, they, they thought their friend was dead. She wasn't even dead. So you would think that they're, that those girls would have been dead. Like, because there was, like, some crazy stuff that was happening. People getting hit by cars and killers and people pretending to be blind when they're not. You know, it was just, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. But, no, I'm, I don't think that it's too far-fetched. There's always, because even with A, there was always, like, some creepiness going on. That person would always know where yeah. they were. They would have access to their phones and I mean, I personally wouldn't care. Like, tell my secrets. Yeah, I lied. I really didn't go to prom. I was in rehab. You know, like, who cares? But yeah. no, this, I'm excited about this. It seemed like it's going to be, like, fun and, like, did have, you... like, a little slasher aspect to it. Yeah. Did you see the trailer? Did you watch it? I did. I did yeah. see it. So It looks hardcore see. slasher. Like, well, right? I say hardcore, but more like, I know what you did last summer type slasher. Um, and that killer looks like he could be in House of Wax or something. Right? Oh, like, my gosh. I was just talking to one of my friends about that. She said the same thing. And like, even with the girl, uh, Bailey Madison, she's always playing like a good girl, you yeah. know, like, mm, I can't I have to go to school. Oh, so look at her now, you know, so it's just <laughs> exciting. Wow. Play mean girl. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely super intrigued by the, the horror slant they're presenting in the marketing and that very nineties ask slasher poster that they have for the series. Yes. So yeah, this is this is like slasher meets Riverdale type of crazy. Then this could be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like this might all be Xena news today because <laughs> I know you're a fan of this director. Uh, Neon has wrapped production on Tillman Singer's Cuckoo, the feature film debut of Hunter Schaefer, uh, who's in Euphoria, which is a show I, I apparently need to watch as well. Yeah. Um, oh, my wife loves Euphoria. Yeah, so many people, like, this is a very buzzworthy show. It's just not horror, so I don't have a lot of time for that. I don't know um, you want to lose your mind. You need to watch Euphoria. <laughs> I, need to, I need to. I really do. Um, but this, this is a horror film written and directed by singer and it was shot on 35 millimeter in germany um mm. plot details are being kept under wraps uh post-production is currently underway for a 2023 release uh following his 2018 debut luz singer became one of the most sought up sought after up-and-coming filmmakers um and if you haven't seen luz which i think is on shutter, shutter. zena's definitely talked about this luz uh followed the eponymous character Luz, a young cab driver, she drags herself into a brightly lit entrance of a rundown police station, and she's being pursued by a demonic en entity determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. It's like a body hopping thing. Um, mm. And the way it was shot, it's it's just so minimalist, but so stylish. Um, yeah, Zena definitely talked about it before and how yeah. she loved it. Um, but yeah, Cuckoo reunites singer with Luz actor Jan Bluthart, who played Dr. Rossini in the movie, as well as his cinematographer and production designer from Luz. Um, the, un the other thing besides Hunter Schaefer and singer teaming up for this movie that we know nothing about is that it's also the cast includes Dan Stevens, who I adore. Uh, along with Jessica Henwick, Martin Sokas, and Greta Fernandez. And the only other thing we have to go on is that they did drop a first image um, that makes it look like it's possibly a stalker or slasher movie. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if you are excited about this, Zena. I'm so excited. When I saw your... Um, I was cheating and I was looking at your notes and got excited about it. <laughs> awesome. 
All right, listeners, your turn. Does it sound to you that Netflix is about to turn into Duffer Flicks? Should Megan or Zena assign Pretty Little Liars to John? Please no. <laughs> this is not reverse psychology. Please don't. I'd rather watch Christmas Horror. I really hope we have a lot of people like writing or calling in to be like, yes. And after yeah. John watches Pretty Little Liars, he's going to have to watch Riverdale and Chilling Adventures oh, no. of Sabrina. And I, my I walked pony. through the living room for Riving- Riverdale. That's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about it, but not that. You can call or text us at 224 475 The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We have a pretty light week. And I know sometimes I say that and then I give you like 20 movies. But no, <laughs> I mean it this time. Uh, but before we get started, always just remember Bloody Disgusting TV is always available for you. You can check it out at bloodydisgusting.tv. And Screenbox. Screenbox has so many cool things coming out this month. So, yeah, you need to And they just life. picked up Toxic Avenger cartoon. Toxic Crusaders. Whoa. Yeah, Toxic Crusaders. It's so weird. Okay, I used I'm to have it. a coloring book from that cartoon. Is it weird that you did? No. <laughs> touche. Touche. <laughs> So first up on Thursday the 14th, we have the psychological thriller, well, horror thriller, Good Madam hitting Shudder. CD, a single mother, is forced to move in with her estranged mother, who is a live-in domestic worker, caring obsessively for a catonic white madam in the wealthy Cape Town suburbs. But as CD tries to heal her family from the specter of madam, of the madam, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, evilness begins to stir. So there you go. I watched the trailer for that one, and it looks really good. Then we have on Friday the 15th, um, if you're a fan of Jenna Ortega, you may be interested in this one, American Carnage, who will be hitting VOD after a governor issues an executive order to arrest the children of undocumented immigrants. The newly detained youth are offered an opportunity to have their changes, have their charges dropped by volunteering to provide care to the elderly. This one looks like it's going to be a good time. It's very fast-paced and bloody. Bloody. <laughs> then we have She Will. Um, uh, this one is uh, coming out on VOD as well. So an aging film star retreats to the Scottish countryside with her nurse to recover from surgery. While there, mysterious forces of revenge emerge from the land where witches were burned. You guys know I love mm-hmm. witches, so mm-hmm. I'm already going to be there. Next up, if you are a fan of Melissa Barrera, you may be interested in Bed Rest, which is going to be hitting theaters on Friday. So after struggling to start a family, Julie Rivers becomes pregnant and moves into a new home with her new husband. Oh, just with her husband. He's not new. She's going to... (laughs) He's old. He's old. Husband. (laughs) She's ordered to mandatory bed rest and begins seeing ghostly happenings throughout the house. Then we have Gateway, which will be hitting VOD in an ordinary abandoned house on what could be your ordinary street. A gang of desperate criminals have found something or has it found them. Ding, ding, ding. And that's all we have. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Zena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com and YouTube channel of the same name or at lovely Zena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. As stated before, all July, the narrators and myself are sitting around the campfire and doing our best to survive. 
And don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Yeah.